Hi out there to all my fellow Sabres fans, and thank you for joining me for another episode of the Sabre Talk podcast. This is Mark Ice, your host, and I hope everybody out there is as excited for the season to start as I am. And we're starting to get some clarity now about how the roster is going to shake out, who's starting to win the battles, having the stretch of preseason games through last week. It was four games in five nights, so it was all pretty quick, and you know a lot of guys weren't playing all four. They were playing... You know, one of the two and then one of the two because it was back-to-back, one day off, and then back-to-back. But we're starting to get some sort of clarity about who's starting to win some of these battles and who's going to win the battles. But there's still some outstanding, and there's quite a bit to talk about when it comes to who has looked good and who I expect to win those battles. And we'll talk about if there have been any surprises so far. So the Sabres did make some cuts. I think the... Probably the most notable was Justin Bailey getting cut early and being sent down to Rochester. He was a favorite for a lot of people. Based on, among the prospects, he probably had the best combination of track record, you know, professional track record, and pedigree. And he also had a very productive year last year, improved as the season went on. And so... I thought of the young guys, you know, of the prospects, he probably had the best chance to make the team. But he was sent back, and Hudson Fashing is still up with the Sabres at camp. So Fashing very well could earn a top-nine role going into the season. I mean, it's still too early to say, but of the guys left, he, he makes the most sense because Carrier also went down. And Carrier, I don't think you ever were going to see him playing a top nine role with the Sabres if he was to make the team. Nick Baptiste also is still up. He wasn't sent back. So I don't know if they think that he could make the team this year or just trying to get him in another preseason game. But he's also still up. Uh, Pretty interestingly, uh, Giorgio Estefan, he is still up as well. And he he had a huge leap last year in his first post-draft season. So he isn't eligible to be sent to Rochester yet but he did have a meteoric rise last year and it's pretty impressive that they're still keeping him around I don't think that he would be in the discussion for a nine game tryout or anything like that but the fact that he's still in camp bodes well for him going into this year and next year you know he will be in this camp with a shot to make the team not expecting him to make the team it obviously depends a lot on what he does this year but it won't be the NHL or juniors for him next year. It'll be NHL or AHL, of course, assuming that he's signed, which I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be signed. Um, Derek Grant also is still up, and he's been probably the most, he's been probably the biggest surprise through the preseason so far, and it looks like he's earned a spot or he's going to earn a spot. You've got to think he'll at least be one of those extras because he's not one of the young players where you need him to be down in the AHL developing of course it would be nice to have him down in the AHL playing a veteran role and you know being a leader down there because he has experience in the AHL he's a high level player in the AHL but I think that he's come out and quite possibly won a won a spot and he could be the fourth line center he could be the 13th or 14th forward going into the season of course depends on who else they keep and how these other battles kind of play themselves out Cal O'Reilly also is still up. He's in the conversation for the 13th and 14th forward role, and he was who I had discussed as being my favorite going into camp as to who was going to win that role. And I didn't even mention Derek Grant, which goes to show how big of a surprise he's been. 
I kind of thought he was ticketed for the AHL from the start. But he does have some NHL experience. He's been very productive in the AHL. So it makes sense that he's come here and looked good. It's not like he's come completely out of nowhere, like that he doesn't belong in the NHL or that he's never looked like he may belong in the NHL at some point prior to this year. So this hasn't been a huge revelation by any stretch of the imagination. But it's been great that he's looked good and that somebody has stepped up in that competition because that's what I was hoping would happen. O'Reilly, he hasn't stood out. And, I mean, he never really has stood out at the NHL level, at least to me, because he doesn't bring anything anything special to the table. Not that Grant necessarily brings anything special to the table either, but I think that he actually is a more skilled AHL player than Cal is. And being able to bring that, he's also bigger I think he can potentially play that checking line kind of role or energy line kind of role better than Cal O'Reilly can. So it probably makes more sense for him to make this team over O'Reilly. They also could keep both of them. They could be the 13th and 14th forwards, but that would mean that, of course, assuming everybody else is healthy, that would mean that Fashing doesn't make it, Baptiste doesn't make it, and it's kind of the, the 12 I talked about in the previous episode, the 12 that are pretty much surefire you know, surefire top 12 candidates. Not necessarily that those are going to be the, the 12 forwards in the lineup to start, but those 12 guys are virtually guaranteed to make the team. And that's, you know, really the the two fringy ones that maybe couldn't be, that, were, that maybe wouldn't be in the lineup would be Matt Molson and Nick Delorier. And really your top 10 forwards are set in stone. Um, also, Alex Nylander is still in camp, and it's possible he could get a shot to start the season. They do have the room to keep him on for a nine-game tryout. So if they think he's ready, and I think he does look super skilled, and I'm excited about him, but I also I think he looks lost in the defensive zone. And that's expected from somebody of his age that's just been drafted. You know, you draft somebody for their skill and their upside at that point in the draft. You don't draft them for their defensive game. And it takes time to figure out. But there were several shifts in the first Toronto game where I thought, he was just wandering around in the defensive zone. And he did not look like he knew where he was supposed to be. And so that's going to take time to develop, and it's up to them if they want to let him have a shot to develop some of that at the NHL level, or if they think the AHL is the best place for him to develop, or if he should go back to juniors, or if he should go over to Sweden. You really have all four options with him. I don't think he'll be up with the Sabres all year. I would be absolutely shocked if that happens. Because, yes, they could use his skill, you know, if they were a contending team and you thought that Nylander could be a guy that puts you over the top, putting his skill in the power play could be somebody that puts you over the top and gives you a shot to win a cup, that may be one thing, but the Sabres are not in that position. So I think throwing him to the Wolves like that would not be the right move. But it will be interesting to see. I mean, the fact that he's still in camp is a good sign, but also I kind of expected him, regardless of how he looked, for them to keep him in camp as long as possible to decide where he ends up getting sent. Does he go to the AHL? Does he stick with the Sabres, or does he go back to juniors, or does he go over to Sweden? Which one of those four is going to happen? So that's really the discussion up front right now. There haven't been a ton of surprises, but Grant has separated himself from the pack, and I think that he's he's the clear 13th forward right now. You know, The discussion is do they keep a 14th, and Hudson Fashing probably makes the most sense to me there if they think Hudson Fashing fits into the top nine of this team, which I think he could. He, he's certainly skilled enough to, skilled and talented enough because he's big and he can play that checking line 
role and chip in some offense. But I think he does have the offensive upside to eventually possibly be a, a top six winger. And you saw flashes of that last year when he came in. And he can score. He can skate. Uh, but I think it's going to take time for that to come consistently. And I think if it was me, I would much rather have him be in the AHL, at least for a period of time this year, starting to develop that side of his game. But they know it far better than we do as fans. So I could certainly make a case for it if, if I was trying to defend it. I could make a case for him slotting into the top nine on this team and giving him a pretty regular role to start and that he could develop pretty well coming out of that, uh, coming out of that type of role. On the back end, things are, I guess, a little bit more interesting, a little less set in stone. Dmitry Kulikov did get, did get hurt in the, lo- in the last game, and it looked bad, but apparently it's not going to be anything long-term. So you've got to hope that he'll be ready for the opener. If he's not, though, they would have to keep an extra defenseman around. I discussed these battles in my previous podcast, but I think there's really – a pretty open competition for the number seven spot. And if Kulikov isn't ready to go, they would keep another defenseman as well. I think Casey Nelson is the best out of all of those options. But it's up to them. Do they think that Nelson should be thrown right into the NHL right away? I know he played in the NHL last year, but a lot of times that's how it works with these college free agent signings, and they end up getting sent to the AHL the next year, and they've got to come back and earn their spot in the future. But I think if you're looking at who are the top seven defensemen on this team, he's one of the top seven. But do you want to stunt his development potentially by having him be the number seven? And he could be the number six possibly over Cody Franson. I would be kind of surprised, but that could happen. Then you also still have Eric Bergdorfer, Justin Falk, and Taylor Fadoon all in camp. And these are all guys, they're all about the same age. They've all proven to be pretty good players in the AHL. They gotten some sniffs in the NHL. And I had said that Justin Falk was my favorite out of this group, just because he has the most NHL experience out of all of them. That he would be he would be my favorite if they decide that Nelson isn't that Nelson shouldn't be up right away. Falk made the most sense to me to be that number seven. But I wouldn't really say that any of these guys have stood out substantially above any of the others. I think Casey Nelson has looked the best. And if you're going strictly on who looked the best Nelson would make sense to be the guy. So I would just give it to him based on that so far. Um, I thought Bergdorfer, he's shown some pretty good flashes. I think of the other three, if you're looking to keep one of those three, he actually has probably looked the best. But he also has the smallest track record in terms of being in the NHL. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, and I could see it going either way. I would hope on the back end that they're scouring the waiver wire and that somebody they like comes available pick them up and hopefully you could put all four of those guys down in Rochester and give Rochester a nice top four a nice core down there and some organizational depth which they need especially you really only have one high level defenseman in the organization in Ristolainen and he's still unsigned because obviously that throws a wrench into the whole thing where if he doesn't get signed before the start of the year then you definitely have to keep two of those guys and you may have to keep three of them if Kulikov is also hurt so I'm I'm still expecting a deal with Ristolainen to get done. I think the fact that he showed up goes to show that they're close. If they weren't close, I don't think that he would he would show up and, you know, possibly risk getting hurt or I mean even risk 
showing his hand, you know, showing this is how badly I want to get into camp. I want to sign. It, it, it could be a sign of weakness. It could be interpreted as interpreted as a sign of weakness. So I have to think they're close. And they're just evaluating a couple different options in the negotiations and that it's going to get done before the season starts. That's what I think. Of course, that's my completely, un, not completely uninformed, but largely uninformed opinion just based on the whole situation. So I would hope that Murray's out there scouring players that get waived, players that get cut from other camps, and bring one or maybe even two other guys in to add some depth to this team. And, you know, I would ideally, I like the 13 forwards AD setup. I know that they have said that they don't like it. So I would think it'll probably be 13D or 13 forwards and 7D or 14 forwards and 7D, depending on. Um, if they think there are 14 forwards worth keeping around. Having your farm team so close makes it possible. You could carry 13 forwards rather than 14 if you want. You know, If you only wanted to carry a 22-man roster versus a 23-man roster, you could definitely get away with that. Uh, another guy in the back end, kind of in a similar situation to Nylander, uh, Brendan Gooley is still up, and I think they just want to have extra time to make a decision with him. I don't think that he will get a nine-game tryout unless Kulikov's injury is bad and or Ristolainen is not uh, signed before the opener. I think at least one of those two things would have to happen in order for him to stay up. And I talked about this before. I don't think he was as close to making the team last year as people were trying to make it out to be. I think it was a little bit overhyped. I think he's a good prospect. I'm excited to see what he becomes, and I think the Sabres are really relying on him to become a steady contributor in the not too distant future but I still don't think he's ready I still think he needs to put on some more weight he needs to figure out how to use his body a bit more he's obviously a great skater and he's especially for a 19 year old he's he's cool calm and collected with the puck those are all great traits to have but I think yeah adding a little bit of weight and being able to use your body more is necessary to really survive over an 82-game schedule in the NHL. And I think he's got another year to go back to juniors to figure that out. And then probably he'll have another year in the minors after that to continue and to figure out the professional game against men at that point. So I, I would still say he's two years away. It's great that he's still in camp. You know, if they are thin, if they are decimated to start the season, give him a couple games at the NHL level, see how he reacts. And you never know what could happen if he has a couple games to prove, you know, to prove himself. But I don't think he's looked like a bona fide NHL defenseman to me right now. He he certainly has the makeup of a bona fide NHL defenseman in the future. And that's when you look at his frame, you look at his skating ability, you look at him being able to handle the puck, not panicking with it. Uh, you see all those things, and you think this is going to be a good NHL defenseman. But I don't think he's there yet. So that's really those are really the the battles on the back end, and then in goal you still have Linus Olmark up, but I think it's almost guaranteed he'll be back down in Rochester, and you know you'll be going into the season with Leonard and Nielsen, and then you have Olmark and Kazdorf down in Rochester battling it out this year, and hopefully one of those two emerges. Obviously Olmark should have the leg up because he had virtually the whole season last year down in Rochester and the rest of the season up in Buffalo. So he gained some NHL experience, showed some flashes in the NHL, uh, but didn't really have a 
didn't have that great of a season in Rochester. Obviously, Rochester was not good, so that didn't help. He had a pretty poor team in front of him, but he didn't win many games for them. You know, he didn't stand on his head. He didn't do what it what he needed to do to win games when his team was the worst team. And I think you need to do that at the AHL level if you expect to be a starter eventually at the NHL level. But he's still very young. I think he just turned 23. And especially in goaltender years, that's very young. So I still have high hopes for Olmark. And I think going down and hopefully getting two-thirds of the games down in Rochester will be big for him. But I think he, this is a big year for him because he needs to start separating himself from Kazdor first, who looks like a pretty good prospect. And then Cal Peterson's going to be coming up pretty soon. And Cal Peterson has done fantastically at the NCAA level. So the goaltending stable is getting more and more full. So this is an important season. Olmark needs to stay healthy, needs to separate himself, needs to look like an above-average AHL starter in order to really still be in the conversation to be a starter here moving forward. Obviously, it's a huge season for Leonard, too, for pretty similar reasons just at the NHL level. But you see all these young guys, all these young goalies coming up behind him. The Sabres invested a first-round pick in Leonard, so they obviously have a huge vested interest in him turning out well and him becoming a bona fide number one but they can't wait forever and Leonard showed a lot of very nice flashes last year but I think the constantly getting hurt that's a concern and that's been kind of a recurring theme throughout his career and consistency finding consistency that's been another major issue throughout his career so if he can string together a season you know a full season of number one goaltender play it'll go a long way toward now him being the guy you know, he's the guy coming into this year. But if he has another season where he struggles with injuries, you know, maybe Nielsen comes in and looks good in relief of him or, you know, Olmark or, Ka- or Kasdorf come up and look good for stretches. Now all of a sudden we're going into next offseason and wondering, you know, should we commit to Leonard long term? Is it worth it? Or is this somebody we should walk away from? Should we see what else is out there? Should one of these young guys or, you know, a, a tandem of these young guys – can they handle the reins moving forward? So it's obviously a huge season for Leonard, too, and for very similar reasons. Um, so Sabres are in action tomorrow, so Tuesday, against the Hurricanes. And I don't know anything about what the lineup is supposed to look like. Uh, really, lines still aren't coming together. It, I don't know if they're intentionally keeping things under wraps or if this week is really when we're going to start to see lines that potentially could be actual lines going into the season but it's it's hard to tell right now you know who the who the forward lines are going to be up front and I can obviously give what I think my ideal lines would be but it wouldn't necessarily be based on evidence from the actual games Uh, so that'll probably be what I'm looking for most this week obviously we're gonna have to see who ends up winning these last few battles which are important but I'll I think more importantly, and what's going to impact the team more to start, is how are the forwards assembled up front? Who does Okposo end up playing with? You know, Who ends up being on Eichel's two wings? Who does Reinhardt end up playing with? Because you haven't had O'Reilly back, and he's set to rejoin the team this week. I'm not sure when he's supposed to play or if he's even planning to play any preseason games. But not having him back has made it very difficult to see, okay, who who is O'Reilly going to play with? You know what two wingers is he going to slide in with? Is it is it a you know a winger 
duo that's currently playing with somebody else and O'Reilly's just going to step into that spot when he comes back. I don't really know. So I definitely want to do another episode this week discussing those line combos. I think more things will come together this week when you have O'Reilly back and now that they see the season so close. And I think the, the first week was about getting some of those young guys in the game, trying to see who's separating themselves in those fringe roster battles. But now this week becomes much more about, okay, what are the combinations going to be going into the year? Because you want to ideally build up some chemistry leading into the year, have played together once, ideally. Not that that's a necessity, but you would love to see that. So that's what I'll be watching for this week. Uh, I also um, I also want to do an NHL preview episode, and I started jotting down some notes. I was going to maybe just try to, try to ad-lib a whole NHL preview episode as part of this one, but I think it would be a lot better if I write it down rather than trying to do a lot just from memory. But I want to go through how I think I see the divisions playing out, who I see making the playoffs. You know, I might do a, an awards-type projection for each of the division, just saying who I think the MVP of the division will be, rookie of the year in that division, uh, best goaltender, you know, that kind of stuff. Because uh, I do like following the NHL as a whole, and that's fun to do too. You can run out of things to talk about about one particular team before the season starts. Once the season starts and you have 82 games to think about, there's constantly something to talk about. Uh, but in this in this time right now where you're kind of just waiting for the season to start, it's difficult to fill full 30 to 45 minute episodes with all talk about your team when there's so much else going out there with other teams and other teams have made a bunch of moves and a lot of moves that some of us may not be familiar with. So I think I'm going to try to do that soon and have that out. Uh, but I thank you for listening and hopefully I'll have that out within the next couple of days. Thank you.